Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast, and today we have Cindy Macklis with us. Cindy is a CEO and co-founder of Glue, which is an advertising and public relations agency. How are you today, Cindy? I'm terrific. It's Monday, right? So there's a whole uncertain week ahead of us in a good way, I hope. Yeah, me too. I always say that I honestly believe that the success of our Monday really determines the success of our week, you know, and it's funny, isn't it? Because some people, they really see Monday as like that kind of unruly, uninvited guest that spoiled the flow of a, a beautiful weekend. But then you have a whole tribe of people. And I'm, I'm assuming you're one of these like me that actually every day is, is a day to create something new. You know, is that kind of like your, your thought, thoughts as well? Well, I love Monday because I get to get back together with my team and we have a very nice dynamic at Glue. I don't want to bother anyone over the weekend. Even if I have a creative thought, I have to write it down and wait until Monday. That's really awesome that you do that because I think, you know, especially in, in the culture of, you know, people working every hour that God sends, not having that ability to be, have restraint and consider others I think goes missing. So sure, your team really respond positively to that. Yeah, I think so. But I'll tell you, if I send an email with the idea that it's this is for next week, they will respond to me right away. So I also try to guard myself against doing that as, as much as I can, because I know how responsive they are. That's lovely. Uh, and with that being said, then, Cindy, what does like a perfect day look like, you know, to you since you're so mindful of of other people's space enjoyment time to decompress and spend time with family what what does the perfect day look like for you so one of my favorite days of the week and this is a day of the work week of course a weekend day would be different but as a day of the work week on tuesdays we have status and that's the time when it's it's on everyone's calendar it is sacrosanct you have to be there and we do it 11 to 12 every Tuesday. And it's great to share some personal stories, talk about what's going on business-wise, and set the tone collaboratively as to what we're going to accomplish. And we're, very, we're a very tight team. And I believe that these status meetings have created that. And then I obviously love a day when we get new business. Who wouldn't love that? <laughs> uh, and also solving a challenge where you've been scratching your head thinking, this is something that is more of an opportunity than anything else. And we have to figure out how to get to the bottom of it. So any of those could be a great day, but I'd love the days that start with status, honestly. I love that. And your, your leadership intuition of, you know, having these little pockets, like your, your Tuesday, I'd say status, we'll say status for you and North Americans. Are, are, mm. are these leadership like insights are these something that are intuitive to you are these examples of maybe other people and other cultures you've been exposed to and you've kind of taken and evolved maybe some of your own ideas 
So it's not intuitive, I have to say. Getting being in touch with people is intuitive, but the idea that I had to have what one of my friends termed a fireside chat every week was not something that I thought was important until I started doing it. And it is a very close friend of mine in the industry who I've known for years and years, one of my first clients who now does team consulting. And he was the one who took me aside and said, Cindy, you absolutely have to do this. And he's always had great advice. And I appreciated this piece. I love it. I've got one last personal question for I really want to uh, dig into some of your your brain here, because this is this is always what this I kind called of brains, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's always my it's always what I put on myself to if I've got 30 minutes with your brain, I need to be able to draw as much out of it. So we all benefit from that wisdom. But if you were to sum your yourself up in one word, what would that be, Cindy? Curious. Curious. Do you want to expand a little bit on that as to why that word resonates and why that would best describe you? Well, I think that a big part of what I want to achieve at Glue is as much innovation as possible. And so if I am not curious about what other people are doing, I'm not going to be able to accomplish that. Plus, curious transcends into the weekend. I love to see a new movie, read a great book. I used to like to travel and I'm hoping to get back to that. I think you will. I think you will. Okay, let's dive straight in then, Cindy. I would love to know what do you see are some of the key marketing fundamentals that, that we should all have if we have our own business? Well, I guess a couple of things. One is if you have your own business, a fundamental is networking. Because you can have the greatest business and the greatest people and the greatest ideas. And if you don't have clients to partake of them, they're all going to sit on the shelf. And so I consider networking to be more than half my job. And I guess when it comes to marketing, what I think is most important if you're assisting a client is making sure that you're not too close to the problem that you're solving that you want to talk to the target audience, you want to get the insights that you need to understand their frustrations, your un- their unmet needs. And then from there, I think that you can put together a great marketing campaign or initiative or whatever the assignment is. Okay. Interestingly for me, because I, I always say, you know, you could be the greatest at what you do, but unless people know that you exist, it doesn't really matter. I great. find yes. that... Exactly. So I find that probably the, the biggest challenge is how, how do you advertise yourself so that people know you exist, but equally don't lose the balance where you just seem so full of yourself? Yeah, I, that is. It's exactly about striking a balance. The way that people know we exist and the kind of work that we do is, I think one is just back to plain old networking where both my business partner and I participate in activities that we enjoy and meet people that way. And when they have a problem they need to be solved that they think that we can solve, they come to us. Also, I have a long history. I started my career not at Glue, of course, which is my agency, but I started my career in consumer packaged goods. So I worked at Clorox, I worked at Johnson and Johnson. So I have that in my background. And I also worked at WPP for many years. 
I met a lot of people. And because of my curiosity, and I am a bit of an extrovert, I've stayed in touch with people just because I liked them. Not expecting business, and uh, and in many cases that has returned the benefit to glue of business because they know me and they know that I'm inextricably linked to glue, and that they can trust that if they turn a need over to glue that or a problem will solve it. I think we're we're aligned that way. You know, I'm very extroverted and keep in touch with people as well. And and there's always there's always some people are like you know like what do you want and it's quite funny sometimes when you're like actually I don't want anything I just enjoy being connected having community being of contribution you know bouncing off each other's energy yeah there are plenty of times where someone will come to me with a problem and it's not really right for glue and I will brainstorm with them how to solve it so it's not all about glue business it really is all about relationships and intellectual stimulation in a lot of ways. We're lucky enough that our business is good, so I don't have to worry every single day about how I'm going to get the next assignment. And sometimes it's just nice to give back and help someone. Absolutely, I totally agree. Now, we often know that marketing is storytelling, and I think it's how well we're able to tell a story often has uh, the biggest impact, especially on you know, a global audience, but what is the most impactful way of advertising our business? What do you see as the most impactful thing we can do? I don't think that there's one way. <coughs> I honestly don't. I, but I do think that there are a lot of channels and all of them need to start with getting the strategy right. And it's back to, as I said, understanding the target audience, the unmet needs, getting the insight, and then very strong positioning and messaging. And everybody thinks they know what that is. But I have found, because we do a lot of workshopping, I have found you get a group of people together. And if there are 10 people, there are 10 different definitions. And it's very important to have a group aligned around what a positioning is and what their brand, their company, whatever we're positioning stands for. And that is a lot harder than it sounds. Yeah, I think one thing there that you, that's really echoed, because I've noticed that even just even in like personal conversations, and it is what you said about what does a def, what does that definition mean to you? You know, there's certain words that we can say and hear, like marketing or advertising, you know, or debt or, or whatever word it is. And actually, there is so many different definitions uh, and what really resonates with somebody within that word it's so different i think that's really important isn't it to actually explore what does this actually look like to you uh, yeah uh, sometimes when we're doing a workshop it is the first time the group has sat around the table and contemplated are we even aligned on what something fundamental like a positioning is and if you're not aligned on that you're very far away from getting your strategy right. Mm, that's spot on. So when when we have like these insights, then how do we then turn them into action? So that's the magic, isn't it? That yeah. is the magic. Because if I know something about you that's an unmet need or a frustration, 
I can't play that back to you and say something like, oh, I know you hate to get up early in the morning. So here is something that's going to make that easier. That doesn't work. You could be offended. Exactly. So it's right. So it's more sometimes it's a visual that aligns with what you believe that will you'll spark to and oh I get it that's for me and sometimes it's just the way we frame the product that shows that it is meeting your need that it's very relevant to you without us overtly calling out something that seems as if we've been too big brotherish or something and in today's world we use a lot of AI of course we use yeah. all of that so in today's world we do know a lot about people and I think that there is uh, a discomfort in that so we do have to be careful yeah I think that's uh that's a good thing to say there but it's very it's very clear that the amount of experience you've had within uh, glue at, and outside of that what you've gathered and, and picked up along the way you know obviously you know what you're on about and um I find it really fascinating the, the journey that you've been on and also are able to then, you know, implement it with those that, that work with you. Now, I think many of us, you know, there's a lot of kids in particular, they want to be the next YouTube sensation. They want something to go, you know, viral. But how, how do we become a digital pioneer for, you know, the industry that we're in? Well, one of the ways we were a digital pioneer just a few years ago, we do a lot of healthcare. It's not all we do, but we do a lot. And we broke ground in Facebook Live as being the first company that had done a live event for a healthcare brand where we it was branded. So it wasn't just a category message. We actually talked about the product and we had real patients talking about the product. It was for uh, glioblastoma, so a very serious brain cancer, but a topic that if you're diagnosed with glioblastoma, you have to get the information that you need right away because this is a very serious disease and you can't wait. And so we identified that Facebook Live would be a great venue for people to come together and learn. We had to get the regulatory and legal people to be okay with this. Mm -hmm. We put in place guardrails, we media trained everybody and we were able to get it done. And that was, what did I say? Two and, a half, two and a half or three years ago, something along those lines, it was the first. And we're very excited about that. Is, is the parts of that that you feel like you could draw out so that, so that it could be replicated? Like how much of it is the fact because it's like, like you said, the people need the information now. So there's already that sense that the audience uh, are, are poised and, and are looking. Uh, also, you know, how much is it about finding something that you can serve, you know, those that are on the edge of the seats looking for, and also the way in which you did it? Like how much do you see uh, that kind of playing out? Well, we knew that, we had an audience that was primed to want to receive the information. Then we had to make sure the information was high quality. I think also importantly, it was served by patients just like, from the viewer's point of view, just like me. Mm. So that was important. But I think in other venues, so if it's TikTok or if it's YouTube, people are looking to be entertained. But a lot of it is the same. So you have to, you always are looking for content 
that your target audience desires on some level. Mm. In this case, it was information, but it could be just something fun. I don't think though that you can go into it haphazardly. And I mean, people do, I know there's success where you just put something up and then suddenly it goes viral and you're surprised. I do think though, if you are looking to have something go viral, and in some ways that's the holy grail, isn't that great when you don't have to spend any money, it just happens. Mm. It is going to have to be perceived to a target audience, a population as being super relevant, something that really strikes a chord. A lot of times that's an emotional chord. Yeah. I was going to say, do you, do you ever reflect on like some of the things that go viral and do you see a common denominator or is there still that kind of gray area even for you that says sometimes things just go viral? A lot of times I'm surprised, but I do think for the most part, it is about striking a chord on some level. And often it's an emotional chord where it makes people feel good. It warms their heart. Maybe it makes them cry just on some level, they connect with it and they want to share it with other people. Yeah. I think that that's very true. And, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? Cause sometimes I think that sometimes we can overthink things. Like if I take, for example, my most watched YouTube video, it's called how to give birth. Now, obviously if you search how to give birth, you've literally got loads of thumbnails of women like in pain and screaming and then you've got my, you've got my, you've got my mug, and people are like, who's this clown who thinks he can speak about how to give birth? Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to say that I that I did that intentionally, but actually my my focus was very much on the message about how we all have something within us, and we have to go through the pressures and tensions of life to be able to give birth to what's within out. So I kind of use that as a metaphor. So I, I find it if I find it interesting that sometimes it is some of those things that are accidental that do have like the biggest. So we have to be mindful of that as well as, as you said, really looking at that emotional connection. But I think those things are that are accidental. They work because <laughs> if you look at them carefully, it's because they made an emotional connection at 90 something percent of the time. And, and while you've mentioned about the emotional side and, and as you said, staying really relevant to, uh, the audience that you're serving, do you feel like there is any other creative ways within our own social media efforts that can help that go viral? Like, is it, is there something more specific that we can all do to be able to exercise that? Well, I mean, there's a whole marketing effort of influencers that are there to help you make things go viral. That's from a, that's not just a everyday person point of view, that's from a marketing point of view. So I think that particularly if you have the right product and you have influencers who are attracted to it, obviously we're paying them something, but who have a, a, a fairly broad impact that that can also work. And, and would you say that there's still truth in the fact that if you are consistent in your in your content creation that that also will serve as an opportunity for something to really spark or do you see it as like a, a very much a one-off well we 
if we're doing a campaign for a client, we do a content strategy from the beginning. So nothing is haphazard. We're not just putting something up there to see if it'll stick. And if it does, I don't know, staying with it. We don't, we don't do that. We're starting in the very beginning, making sure we're clear as to fundamentally the story that we want to tell. And then we use our content strategy to parse it out so that we take people on a journey. Mm. And in the beginning, they get the first part of the story and every additional piece builds on where we began. Lovely. I don't know about you, Cindy. It's always been one, one of these kind of like personal frustrations of mine because everybody seems to be a coach, right? So there seems to be coaches everywhere. You know, we talk about standing out, you know, from our competition and the crowd. How, how, do, we, how do we stand out from the crowd? It's back to, I hate to keep going back there, but it is where I always go and that is positioning. <laughs> and when I lead a workshop, around positioning, we start with something I call a feature analysis grid. It is so simple. It is a four quadrant matrix and you have an importance continuum on the left and a differentiation continuum on the right, uh, across the top. And the upper right-hand quadrant is what is important and differentiating in the minds of your target audience, not in the minds of the people sitting in that room. And if we can achieve if we can then ladder from that to a positioning and we can use those ideas in the upper right hand quadrant as key messages i believe that we will be able to break through very good very good how do we then broaden you know our brand appeal and find the difference that matters because we're talking about you know as you said positioning yourself standing out from the crowd how do we then make our brand appealing how do we make our message appealing that people are drawn because there is that sense where it feels like we're creating content because we know that's the right thing to do but how do we go from uh pushing to to pulling well um i think that uh it's kind of a little bit along the lines of when i mentioned influencers you need advocates whatever we call them, to line up behind what it is you're saying, whether you pay them or, or if they do it just because they believe in what it is in the story you're telling and they want to tell it too. But there's nothing that helps broaden the appeal of a campaign like advocates who use their own networks to push it out. And do you find that when you were talking about, you know, the relationships where you keep in touch with people because you, you, you love people and then it organically shows in, in doing business together. Is that kind of an advocate kind of influencer role? Because at the end of the day, it is people to people. And I've talked about before how, you know, if I buy a car, I'm, I'm, I'm probably buying it from somebody that, that I like as much as I like the car and how, how important that is. A hundred percent relationships are everything. And when it comes to kind of where you started, which is how glue would get business, it would either be someone who knows either me or my co-founder personally, or someone who knows someone who knows us well, and who advocated for us. There's a, I'm not sure who said it, 
it might have been Jeff Bezos, but he said that your branding is what people say about you when you're not in the room. Mm. And so you have the opportunity to craft that when you are in the room. And that, in a way, is the same as for a brand when you are putting your campaign out there. That's your opportunity to craft what's going to be said when you're not on TV or when you're not in a digital ad or you're not in social media, that's going to affect that. We need to leave a lasting impression and hopefully we can craft it in a way that it will be the one we want it to be. And that's for both us personally and for the brands that we market. Yeah, that's that level of consciousness, being mindful of who we represent, I think is, is so important. And I think coupled with your experience and wisdom along with that personal like drive and curiosity as you said your your one word was curiosity that's really why i think people like you and i enjoy because we're fascinated by human behavior we're curious right. about why somebody does what they do so i do a lot of market research and i fell into that when i was part of the big conglomerate world there would be a moderator who people wanted to use and that person wasn't available for a couple of weeks and we couldn't wait. So I started doing it. I had also early in my career done work with Procter & Gamble. So I sat behind the glass a lot. And, and as a result, I was familiar with the types of techniques that were the right ones to use. But I believe that I was successful. After I did it for a little bit, my clients would say, well, why don't you just do it next time? And part of it is, it's asking the questions being really interested in the answers and not leading someone to say what you want them to say, but listening, mm. really listening. I wanted to though mention something else that you gave a list of attributes. I think another very important one that we haven't talked about is authenticity. Mm. It's huge. People see right through when you're faking it. And I believe that people who are most successful in business, most successful in telling stories, it's because they believe in what it is they're saying. And I think you're successful in business because you love what you do. I agree. And it's hard work to keep uh, pretending and, and keep dressing up, you know, and, and eventually yeah. the, the, cr the cracks will show. Exactly. Exactly. And that, God, that's a bad place to be. I think that at the end of the day, authenticity is what makes us feel good about what we do. Not every day is a client going to call me and say, Glue did a fantastic job today. Many times when we do a fantastic job, no one says anything. And I'm not looking for them to really say something, although when they do, it's very nice. But fundamentally, we have to love what we do enough that when something goes really well, we can be proud of ourselves. That's very true. Very true. I, I think that when it comes to your ability to take those relationships that you've, that you've nurtured over time with no intention really other than wanting to be connected and, and to, as we said, you know, just enjoy each other's energy it's amazing then that actually it's that trust and that likability and that knowing and that humanness and you talked even about like the emotional connection that that we must have 
you know, even within our message, you know, if we've got that within our personal relations, then of course people are going to show uh, that, that loyalty and that wanting to work together. A hundred percent. It's the relationship, it's the authenticity, it's trust. It's all of those things rolled up into one. It is. Now, Cindy, before you tell people where they can find out more about you and, and glue, um, is there anything else that you want to share that's really burning within you as like maybe a final <laughs> thought? Um, no, I, I, I would, I guess the only other thought I have is that I believe that we also have to find something outside of work that's fun. Mm. So I'm lucky to have family, friends, all of those good things around me. But the other fun job I have, I guess, is I've been mentoring startups, mm. which is has really opened my mind to trends and new ideas. And so many of the people who I'm working with, they're so young. I'm so impressed by their stick with itness. There are a lot of good ideas out there, but it takes uh, perseverance to make any idea work. I'm I. And well, I'm, I'm working with one startup, they've completely had to pivot. Mm. And now it's now they are getting traction. That's so good. It's, it's, it's exciting to see that they were open minded enough to recognize we have an interesting technology, and we've spent a lot of time and effort to get there. But it's not resonating in the way that we thought in the direction we're taking it. And so we need to try something else. And they were able to pivot pretty quickly. Thank goodness, because otherwise the company would not have made it. Mm. Yeah, businesses crash and burn when they make it more about them than they do about the audience. So that startup that pivoted was able to kind of get out of its own way. And as yeah. you said, like if it can, if it can meet, if it can meet that unmet need. Um, then that's going to obviously help it find traction. And I think when it comes to, I think it's Greg Reed who talks about stickability. I think when it comes to stickability, it's very much when your purpose is deep, deep down within you, then it can withstand, you know, the test of, of time because it's something that's deep within your core. Whereas I think a lot of people, they kind of want the lifestyle, want the influence, but they don't have the stomach or the belief for it. It is hard work. I have people who will say to me, oh, how wonderful you have your own business. You don't have a boss. You don't have politics. All these things that they can think that I don't have. Hmm. Well, what I do have is my name on the door, even though my name is not the name of the company. So absolutely everything positive or negative stops with me and thankfully we don't have very many negatives we really don't i'm because again i have such a great team that's the reason why but uh having your own business is not a panacea it's a lot of work that's for sure so how do people find out more about you and glue well we are in social media everywhere of course but we also have a website glueadvertising.com we're putting up a, a new version of it so I, I mean you could go look at it now but it'll be better in a week and uh, I guess other than that they can always reach me I'm Cindy at glueadvertising.com I am very available I am 
yeah, people will be surprised how quickly I get back to them. One of my, again, my close friend who was the one who gave me the advice about the weekly fireside chats, he laughs, he said, if the phone rings more than twice, he knows that I'm not gonna pick up, that I'm busy doing something else because I am on it. And again, it's just about loving what you do and wanting to hear what people want to talk to you about. Absolutely. I'm with you there. I'm very similar to you in that I, I tend to only touch things once. It's, you know, done, it's done, it's done. Exactly. <laughs> well, Cindy, it's been lovely to have this time with you and uh, wish you all the best and, and all the best for Glue as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Max Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.